we started up the SI.com Fantasy Football Podcast way back in August. There were, I, I, the number's 256, right? 256 football games total in a regular season. Uh, throw in the playoffs, uh, 11 games. We are now down to the final game of the 2016 and 17 NFL season here. Super Bowl 51, New England Patriots, Atlanta Falcons. Yes, this is a fantasy football podcast, but not a ton of fantasy to talk. We're just going to talk straight Super Bowl and the Super Bowl props, which everyone loves so much here on the SI.com Fantasy Football Podcast. This week, I am Michael Beller, joined by Pat Fitzmorris. Fitz, been a great season. I'm looking forward big time to the Super Bowl. I think we're going to get ourselves a really entertaining game. Yeah, it should be an interesting one, you know, and uh, with the total, we're obviously looking at a lot of potential points here. Uh, not sure if it's going to play out that way or not, but uh, yeah, it's an it, interesting matchup. I always like it when it's, uh, you know, a line that's fairly fairly low point total and, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of an anything could happen type of matchup. So uh, yeah, it should be a great game. Yeah, uh, one of the best offenses that uh, any of us has ever seen in Atlanta, the Tom Brady-Bill Belichick uh, duo. We know uh, how dangerous they have been over the last 15, 16 years, and uh, obviously coming to this game as uh, three-point favorites. So it, it really should be. I think I, I do think that uh, even though uh, the season sort of felt like a little bit of a letdown and um, the playoffs certainly have not given us a whole lot of drama, that we're at least going to get ourselves – a very entertaining Super Bowl. We'll uh, we'll we'll save our uh, game picks, uh, both uh, straight up and against the spread, um, for later in the show. We'll end with that. But uh, first, we're gonna look at a bunch of Super Bowl props. This is really one of the uh, most fun things I think around the Super Bowl. There's so many so many ways that so many things that go beyond the game that make this you know fun. Not just for people like us and people like you out there listening, but really for everyone. Just to get together with friends, family, whoever sit down and watch the Super Bowl, and I think that uh, prop bets is just another one of those great things that uh, have uh, risen up a- alongside the game uh, that makes uh, watching it and consuming it for four or five hours on a Sunday afternoon even more fun. So let's start with those fits. Uh, a lot of, I mean, these sort of seem to get uh, more uh, proliferated and outlandish by the year. Uh, it's not just uh, who wins the coin toss, how long is the... Uh, um, national anthem going to be there are so many out there one of my favorites always uh and this goes back to a little bit of uh successful history for myself is the first touchdown scorer of the game uh it's one that uh the first time i ever uh, uh indulged in that prop uh was the colt saint super bowl and i actually hit it with pierre garçon and so i've been a fan of it ever since the my success rate since that first one hasn't necessarily been incredibly high but it's one that i still have a lot of fun with, and I look at uh, up and down the list here that I'm looking at Bavada. Um, I was hoping the the uh, line for my guy would be a little bit more generous, but I still like Mohamed Sanu plus 900. You never want to go. You don't want to go with Julio Jones. You know, you want to try to make a little something off of this. And right. I, I like Sanu at plus 900. Yeah. Um. You know, he does seem to have a red zone. Uh. And you know, Julio. Is probably not a great bet at plus six hundred, considering that you mm-hmm. know his fantasy owners were complaining all year about how uh, they never seem to look for him in the red zone. And Sanu does seem to be that sneaky guy. You know he's probably going to get single coverage, uh, while the Pats are playing, paying a lot of attention to Julio. So yeah, that's an interesting play. And um, 
you know, what what do you think about Taylor Gabriel at uh, plus two thousand eighty, two thousand eight hundred? Yeah, excuse me, twenty eight hundred. That's a yeah. That's a that's another good. You love having like a long range one in this too, um, and so he's also I, I think he fits that same bill that you're just talking about. Uh, sort of a sneaky guy, and also he brings the uh, the big play thing to the table. I mean, we could easily and I mean I think that uh, wouldn't be a surprise to see the Falcons. Uh, be really diverse early in the game uh, with uh, you know a team like New England and a coaching staff like they have having had two weeks to prepare for this matchup I, I don't think it would be a shock for us to see the Falcons come out and do a couple of things they don't normally do early on in the game that could be uh, something gadgety with Taylor Gabriel or even maybe just getting him a screen and we know what he can do when he gets the ball in his hands I, I think that he probably is my favorite long-range play it's I mean it, He's got worse odds to score the first touchdown than Danny Amendola, uh, Malcolm Mitchell, who we haven't seen at all, uh, or uh, who we've seen very sparingly in the playoffs, than Tom Brady. Um, Matt Ryan and him have the same. So same I do as, think that if you're going... Same yeah, as Austin same, Hooper. Matt, yeah, same as Austin Hooper. I mean, I think if you're going long range, he's pretty much the obvious guy here. In the middle, I, I kind of like uh, uh, Deion Lewis and Tevin Coleman, both plus 1,400. And that's sort of one that I would like. Uh, the only uh, the only way I would like one better than the others if I knew who had the ball first, basically. Yeah, so I'm with you on one. I'm, I really like the Dion one. And in general, all props, you know, I might actually put a little something down on Dion to score the first touchdown at plus 1,400. Like those odds. Mm-hmm. And in general, um, you know, I might be looking to make a couple Dion prop bets because I think it's going to be oh. a big Dion game. Um, yeah. You know, I think. I think the the Falcons are going to be able to keep it close enough that it's not one of these games where they just use Legarrette Blount as a battering ram with like a two mm-hmm. two score or higher lead. Um, you know, I think it's going to be more of a Dion game, and they're going to look to utilize his speed a little bit more. So, you know, I uh, inclined to go with him on that touchdown bat, maybe on the over uh, on his carry total, which off the top of my head I think was nine point five. It is nine point five somewhere here in this enormous stack of papers with all these Super Bowl <laughs> props. Yeah, um, yeah it's nine point five. Yeah, so uh, I kind of like Dion on a, a you know anything involving the over with him receptions, uh, receiving yards, rushing yards. Um, I'm probably going to find some combination of things to hit going bullish on Dion Lewis Super Bowl performance. So we've got here's some here's some more Dion uh, lines. We got uh, for his receiving yards, the over under is twenty two and a half. For his rushing yards, the over under is thirty nine and a half. Is there any that jumps out to you a little more than the other, or are they, are they both are they both pretty strong? Yeah, I think they're both pretty strong. You know, I'm, I'm probably I don't know which of those do you like more. I, I maybe lean a little towards the receiving yardage, just because it's a lower bar to clear. Yeah, I lean a little toward the receiving yardage, too. It, it feels, though, suspiciously low, does it not? It does. And I, I suppose James White could kind of throw a wrench into things, too, since they tend to use him in that same sort of role, you know, every now and again. Like, the yeah, they've got Dion as a change-of-pace guy, and James White is the change-of-pace, change-of-pace guy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it does seem kind of suspiciously low, and, and when you see it, a number like that, you know, you do tend to raise your antennae a little bit. So, um, uh-huh. but still, I, I 
kind of I think he can clear that and you know as elusive as that guy is it might only take one or two receptions to do it right if you and if you believe that this is going to be a game that lives up to the billing in terms of how many points are going to be put on the board um then you have to assume I mean we know what the predicting the Patriots running back usage is you know a, a story that we know has been hard for 12 years I mean it's not it's basically the post Corey Dillon era has been a challenge for us but uh if it's going to be a game where they do approach or surpass the 58 and a half total Deion Lewis is probably going to find his way to 23 receiving yards I think that's relatively safe to say yeah I think there's a pretty pretty good chance of that um you know, especially in a game where they could be potentially going up and down the field. Yeah, I, I do right. think that's a pretty interesting player. Are there any other individual uh, over-unders you're pretty pretty high on for this one, Beller? So, um, yeah, so I'm not a big fan, because I'm with you on thinking, um, on thinking that this is going to be a high-scoring, more Deion Lewis sort of game script. So I am not a big fan of anything involving LeGarrette Blunt uh, racking up a, uh, you know, a lot of yardage or a lot of carries necessarily. I think maybe we'll see him get in the end zone. Um, but I would be staying away from his uh, rushing over under 60 and a half. Not so sure about that just because of what I expect uh, the game to be, uh, the way I expect the game to unfold. In fact, I would sort of like the under um, on that one. I also... Um, Really like these uh, these Julio Jones uh, over props, basically. Um, you know, Malcolm Butler not taking away anything from him, and again, two weeks for the Patriots to prepare, and we know how good they are at taking away uh, their opponent's best weapon or their opponent's biggest strength. But uh, you know, we've all watched the uh, the Falcons since September here, and I just don't think it's going to be as easy as. You know, Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia doing what they do and uh, taking away Julio Jones uh, with what he's done all season, with what Atlanta's done all season, uh, with the way that they uh, have really turned it on even to another gear, it almost seems, in the playoffs. Uh, give me the over on Julio, 98.5 receiving yards. Um, give me the over on his 6.5 receptions, and I'll take him at uh, yes to score a touchdown, which is minus 120. No is an even bet. Um, so minus 120, a uh, little bit of a favorite, but I still think that all those are, are solid bets for uh, what we've seen from Julio and the Atlanta offense as a whole. So not quite as high on Julio's prospects as you are. I, I wonder if he's potentially, some of those numbers are maybe a little artificially inflated just because of what Julio did to, you know, Ladarius Gunter on the Packers, which, mm-hmm. you know, as we all know, Butler is going to pose a little bit more of a problem for him than uh, yeah. Gunter in the Packers secondary. So, uh, you know, and, and there is that old saw about the Patriots always taking away your best thing or, or taking away one thing you, that you do well. You have to wonder if they're going to look to uh, get Julio, you know, race him to the degree that they can. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that's a, a given. I could see the Patriots, uh, you know, trying to... Uh, occasionally sneak an extra man into the box and, and say that we are going to try to make you very one-dimensional Matt Ryan and, and dare him to throw on, you know, a very good, a very good and very deep group of cornerbacks. So, um, yeah, it's hard to, I, you know, it's hard to downplay the playmaking ability of Julio, 
but mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm I'm tending to think that the Patriots force Matt Ryan to go in some other directions, which is why I sort of uh, you know like some of the overs on guys like Sanu and Gabriel, and I'm not as sure about Julio on some of those. How how are you okay. fe- how are you feeling about the totals for the Falcon running backs? Um so again, I, I mean I, I am more for anyone who is um you know a key explosive part to either offense, I am more willing to bet on the over. No matter who it is, no ma- almost no matter what it is, because I do think that this is going to be a very high scoring game. I think uh, I think the winner is going to score thirty plus points in this one, and I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think we're going to see thirty four ten or anything like that. I think both teams are going to score, so I sort of uh, trend more in that direction. I do like uh, Fr- uh, Freeman generally more than um, than uh, Tevin Coleman. Um, so you know, let's see his uh, his rushing attempts thirteen and a half. Might stay away from that just because, you know, the Falcons can be a little um, mercurial with how they get their running backs involved. We know they're going to get both of them involved in some form or fashion, but they don't necessarily always follow a script where it's Devontae getting, you know, 18 carries and four targets and Coleman getting eight carries and six targets. You know, they'll mix and match and figure a way to get both guys going, I think, but I don't want to necessarily put myself out there on what the mix is going to be in terms of rushing attempts and receptions. So I sort of stay away from that, but beyond that, I really like Freeman just like I like Julio. Uh, the uh, receiving yards, 33 and a half, uh, I think uh, I could get on board with that for him. Longest reception for him is 14 and a half yards. I, I sort of would rather just bet on the total rather than going with uh, his his um, his longest one. I just think that he can have a better chance of racking up uh, a few cut- catches and getting himself north of that number. But for me, Devontae Freeman, uh, the his rushing over under 54 and a half yards, I'm all over that. I think that that is uh, a great bet uh, for uh, for him. Tevin Coleman, not quite as bullish on him. I know what Freeman's going to do, I feel like, and I love that 54 and a half number. I think he rushes past that with relative ease. Yeah, I mean, I agree that if you're going to play any of the overs with the uh, Atlanta running backs, that Freeman rushing yardage might be the way to go. Um, But, you know, I do, this is a really good Patriots run defense. You know, they average uh, opponents for like 3.9 yards per carry and uh, I think top five in in yardage allowed. Uh, You know, I just, I kind of think that the Falcons are going to need to throw a lot in this one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I... don't know if we're going to see. I'm not as sure about Freeman because I think whatever running back they or running game they try to sustain. I mean, I think it's going to be Freeman doing the bulk of the damage. So I'm I'm really kind of uh, looking at this under total on Tevin Coleman's nine and a half carries for this game. I don't think he gets there. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think you would almost need a uh, a game where the Patriots are kind of in a commanding position for much of it to get a number like that. Um, yeah. I could see Tevin Coleman being used, you know, in the passing game a little more than that. But uh, maybe of all the totals with the Falcons running backs, I think I like Tevin under 9.5 carries most. It's a suspiciously high number, too. He had more than – he had 10 or more carries in four games this season. Wow. So you wonder where that – 
where that nine and a half is coming from. Yeah. And two of those four games were two of the first three weeks of the year also. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, uh, yeah. and against a good run defense, too. That does seem uh, like kind of a strange number. So, I mean, it's... And it, it does feel like Tevin, yeah, like Tevin Coleman getting 10 carries does not feel like a uh, winning script for the Falcons. Right. Unless they have are blowing the Patriots out, which I don't think uh, is going to happen. And on Bavada, if you bet the over on the nine and a half, it's minus one thirty. You get plus ten, plus one ten, betting the under okay. on that. So, which is strange. You'd think it would be the other way if they were going to try to tilt betting in one direction or the other. But uh, right. yeah, so boy, now I'm, I might have to play that one for sure. I, think. <laughs> I will say <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I missed this. Uh, he has had. 11 carries in both of their playoff games. Yeah, that, they might be weighting that both a little more heavily. Yeah, both in both their playoff games, though, they won relatively comfortably. Seattle yeah. and Packers, sure. Um, yeah. Those were both pretty comfortable victories for the Falcons. Yeah, and it's hard to see them beating the Patriots the way they beat and again, the Packers and Seahawks. Even if they win, yeah, it's not going to be a... It's not going to be a two-score game, three-score game like it was for the bulk of those games against Seattle and Green Bay. It's going to be a close one, I think. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I feel like that number is a little on the high side for Tevin Coleman on uh, uh, rushing attempts. Nine and a half just does not feel like a number that he's – and I do think he can have a good game. I mean, I, I think that they're going to involve him uh, the way that they really have all year, but it just really seems like it's more of a receiving threat that they're going to be wanting to use out of him than really getting him 10 to 12 carries uh, if this is going to be a, an Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl victory. Right. Yeah, I mean, it just it does not feel like a game that the Falcons are going to want to... Uh, I mean, maybe they don't want to completely push this at a breakneck pace and throw like 75% of the time, but nor do I mm-hmm. think they're going to be able to have a 50-50 run-pass split in a game like this. It just doesn't seem feasible. I totally agree, and I do think, like I said right at the top, that they're going to have to do, they're going to have to get a little creative, um, just to you know, to keep the Patriots sort of on their toes, to keep them guessing a little bit, and to let them to to sort of take them off the scent of what the Falcons typically do and what they've done so well. I think that they're going to have to be a little bit uh, different and diverse in what they do to then let what they usually have done this season also come to the fore and have the sort of success that it has had all year. Agree. Is there any, so, you know, we're talking mostly over-unders here. Do you ever like to get into the, just so the one I'm looking at right now, will Matt Ryan throw a touchdown pass in the first quarter? And and the the props of that nature that are a little bit, um, you just sort of, you sort of need to get lucky with them? Yeah, I, I don't like the quarterly ones that much. Um, right. You know, I, I, it's just too... Too dicey trying to play a single quarter of action, you know. Um, the, I agree. For the the real time specific ones, like the only ones, and just pouring over these, the only one that kind of interested me was, uh, and this is kind of a weird one. If um, will either team score in the final two minutes of the first half? Huh. And uh, if you say yes, you get better than two to one on your money, plus two ten. And wow. I just kind of think that, you know, as as crisp as these offenses are, um, 
you know, and, and these two quarterbacks, two of the best in the game, um, and their proficiency at the two-minute offense. Like, I, I mm-hmm. think those are pretty good odds, and it's not just touchdown. You know, you can get a field yeah, goal. Yeah, score. So, um, you know, plus the two minutes, I mean, it seems like a shorter span of time, but, you know, there are usually timeouts being spent, and, you know, teams are in their, uh, their two-minute drill, so... Um, you know they're they're running more plays in those two minutes, typically than you're going to get right, other right. points in the game. So I sort of like the yet the uh, I like the possibility that there will be a score in the the last two minutes. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely feels like the right uh, the right sort of teams, and it, it probably I mean it usually feels like the right sort of teams, right for the Super Bowl. I mean teams get to this point for a reason. Usually they have great quarterback, good to great offense. So it definitely seems like um, like the sort of bet that uh, that comes through more often in the Super Bowl than it does in a Week 8 game between the Jaguars and Titans. Yeah. Oh, Beller, I totally misread that. I'm an idiot. No is plus 210, not yes. Oh, See, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. This, this is what happens when you just get back from three and a half days in Las <laughs> Vegas and have uh, I, <laughs> have as much vodka coursing through your bloodstream as actual blood. So uh, I apologize. Oh, man. I would that. think that you would have just that, that you would just be like a, like sort of a, a rain man for reading lines though at this point after being there for three and a half days. I mainly stuck to uh, college basketball, but. Uh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen, Beller. I knew the brain synapses weren't going to be firing uh, at times during this podcast. So yeah, hey, that's all good. I'm counting on you to it's carry me. And why should this last podcast of the season be different right. than all the others? So uh, hey, we're also doing it in your defense. We're also doing this at uh, uh, ten in the morning Central Time when usually we do it at six or seven p.m. Central Time. So you throw that into the mix too, and it just totally gets haywire. That's right. There isn't enough coffee in Colombia to. Uh, <laughs> get me perked up enough after those three days. So, oh uh, man, you know it's always a a, a a fun bet to me, and I'm always surprised. I mean, it's the same. It's basically the same line every year, but it still always surprises me. The will either team score three straight times? Prop. You see it. It's they have it every Super Bowl, and off the top of your head, you're thinking, oh, close game, back and forth. There's no way either team's going to score three straight times. But yes, is a favorite, and yes, is always a favorite. And that always, it seems counterintuitive, but I've seen the prop enough times over the last, you know, 10 or 12 years to know that it's always favored, uh, and it's always favored for a reason. Yeah, I would be, you know, that's one of those things, like, you don't see stats on. It would be interesting to see what the numbers were on that, but, I mean, I think for a game like this, where there figure to be a lot of scores, um, you know, it's a better, the yes play seems more... You know, like a more reasonable bet than if you're getting two defensive, uh, two strong defensive teams. I mean, not that the Falcons and uh, Patriots are defensive pushovers by any means, but, I mean, these are two really high-powered offenses. And so, right. um, you know, betting yes on, on one team scoring three straight seems a little bit more realistic than it d- did for, for instance, the Denver-Seattle Super Bowl, you know. Where uh, I guess it probably would have hit, obviously, in that game with Denver um, boat racing Seattle, pretty much. So, uh, right. yeah, I don't know. Are you are you inclined to play that? And we should uh, mention that the odds for this are, yes, one team will score three straight, uh, minus 140 to bet the yes, and plus 120 to bet the no. 
Yeah. Um, I am not inclined. To, I'm not inclined to take either side in that one. I would take the yes. Uh, I mean, you make a good point. Uh, to be able to score three times, to be able to score three straight times, you have to score three times. And uh, good offenses are gonna when you when you're gonna have as many scores as we think there are gonna be in this game. That chances of one team doing it three straight times certainly increases. But that just that feels more like a stay away to me. And I don't have a strong opinion. Uh, on either side of that one. How about you? Uh, I don't either. I mean, it's it's not a totally crazy um, bet to make, but to me, that's it's almost getting into bet on the coin toss territory. Yeah. Which, by yeah. the way, I will say that at our hotel, in the sports book in our hotel, I do have to mention this little Vegas oddity, you got slightly worse odds betting heads on the opening coin toss <laughs> than on tails. <laughs> Minus 106 versus minus 104. Wow. <laughs> money apparently pouring in on the heads, so... Money just, yeah. People, better just love heads. I would think betting, you know, tails never fails. I would think that tails would have the, uh, would have more of the public on it. You would think. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. always a heads caller if I call a coin toss. <laughs> You're a tails guy? You do have to, uh, yeah, pretty much. You have to stick with one, though, right? I mean, you pretty much just go with one always. I mean, how often are you calling a coin toss to begin with unless you're, you know, an NFL player? Yeah, not that often anymore, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it seems right. like I generally was a heads guy. I was not an alternating guy. Maybe some people like to mix it up, but. No, nah, I think you just you just stick with one and trust that the odds are going to work out 50-50 mostly. Don't you take, don't you, when you're, when you're literally guaranteed 50-50, don't you just take your 50-50 and be happy with it? Uh, yeah, I, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I've played it. But, uh, you know, other people may have, other people might consider themselves coin toss feel players. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Really feeling a heads here. Yeah. I'm so, usually a tails guy, but I'm going to go heads. So, Beller, what fascinates me in, in speaking of odd Super Bowl prop bets like the coin toss and, uh, you know, the duration of the national anthem and things of that nature are the cross bet. Uh, props that you can make so much now. fun betting yeah. with you know college basketball totals, golf scores, uh, you know individual NBA, NBA players scoring versus uh-huh. yeah. So <laughs> were the were there any of these that uh, intrigued you or that you found rather amusing at least? So I definitely wanted to talk about these. The first one, as you might guess, that uh, that jumped off at me is. Uh, our boys, the Wisconsin Badgers, yes. are playing um, on Sunday, playing Indiana, hosting Indiana in Madison. So you can get a lot of, not a lot, but there are a few here that are um, that are uh, related to that game. So uh, we've got um, Indiana plus Wisconsin first half points is plus seven and a half against Brady and Matt Ryan pass attempts for the whole game. Uh, Indiana first half points is minus a half against Patriots total points. And then Indiana, Wisconsin margin of victory plus four and a half is uh, going up against Patriots Falcons first quarter points total. So the one that sort of, uh, the one I sort of like um, is the Patriots points plus a half versus Indiana first half points. Uh, we like game in Madison. We like Patriots. I like the Patriots. Absolutely. I like Patriots points. Game in Madison, no OGN and OB, most likely no James Blackman for Indiana. Without those two guys, I just can't see them really putting on a first-half show 
in Madison. I think the Patriots points is going to be, uh, I like them getting, I'll, I'll take the hook, I'll catch a half point, and uh, I feel pretty good about that one. And, you know, just the uh, the tempo that the Badgers like to play at. I mean, they're yeah. high-efficiency offense, but they do not push pace. And right. so, uh, you know, they get teams into these uh, low-possession games, and, you know, their opponents are consistently scoring lower totals than they're used to. But, uh, yeah, plus Tom Crean, not exactly the best history against Wisconsin. Um, so, yeah. I mean, at risk of turning this into a college basketball podcast, uh, <laughs> let's just say any prop you can get with Indiana uh, or Indiana combined, Indiana-Wisconsin scoring versus uh, anything in what looks to be a high-scoring Super Bowl, I would right. say bet the under on the college basketball total. Um, boy, and now I can't find it amidst this stack of papers, but there was one that intrigued me involving Tiger Woods. Uh, it, it probably doesn't do me any good to bring it up. Tiger Woods bogeys <laughs> against, um, God, was it number of receptions for Julian Edelman or something like that? Here here we go. We've got, so first of all, this is any Tiger Woods bet, any golf bet, uh, assumes that that player makes the cut and is playing on Sunday. Does it assume um, he makes the cut? Does he have to make the yes. cut for that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, all right, then we have to throw it out because there's no way in hell Tiger Woods is going to make the cut in <laughs> Phoenix this week. Yeah, must must tee off first round and complete 72 holes. Yeah, all right, scratch that then. <laughs> I would have I would have been inclined to go with you know betting a low number of to- bogey totals for Tiger, just thinking that he uh-huh. would miss the cut and only play two rounds. And uh, yeah, all right, scratch that one. <laughs> I like some of these soccer ones too. That you can get, uh, you know, Tevin Coleman touchdowns versus Cristiano Ronaldo goals. Oh but, man! Yes, Ronaldo feels like a better bet. I'm, I'm not. Uh, maybe we can call in our producer uh, Alex Abnos, who's a big soccer guy, uh, to uh, <laughs> to give us some uh, to give us some uh, guidance there. But I just feel, you know, Ronaldo doesn't. Ronaldo basically scores every time he goes on the pitch, doesn't he? Rather than uh, like Tevin it. Coleman. Seems like yeah. it. I would have to do a little more research on who Real Madrid is playing this week, but uh, <laughs> and and I like how here's they a, they balance some of these props. Like here's another college basketball one. It's Iowa first half points. Iowa is playing uh, hosting Nebraska. Iowa okay. first half points against Chris Hogan receiving yards, um, but Hogan is minus twenty two point five. So what do we? It's Iowa's first half. Yeah, I like Iowa. Man. The Hawks at I home. Like, They're a different team at home. They are a different team at home, and those are two teams that will, for especially for the Big Ten, get up and down a little bit. Um, man, I still like Chris Hogan. Do you? Yeah, I've got Hogan circled for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a fun so. one for uh, for the uh, the Patriots fans out there. Uh, assuming most of them are also Celtics fans. So we've got uh, a Clippers-Celtics game on Sunday. Isaiah Thomas points is plus 2.5 against Patriots points. Hmm. Uh, Isaiah Thomas has been playing lately. I mean, the dude puts up 35 every single night, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, it seems like based on recent trends, Isaiah would be the better play, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it to me. 
they do have every something for every sports fans for the hockey players. Alexander Ovechkin, the uh, Capitals are hosting the Kings on Sunday. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin shots on goal versus Matt Ryan touchdowns plus interceptions. <laughs> so you figure I would love to. I would love to be in a room coming up with these. How much fun would that be? Oh Forget God. about betting on them. I just want to create them. <laughs> they got to do this over <laughs> drinks, I would imagine, right? This can't be done just completely sober. But, yeah, no way. setting these, I mean, think of, uh, you know, it's not exactly like a writer's room, though, with people spitballing these things. I mean, these people have to have just reams right, of right. data on this stuff. I mean, <laughs> you know, the amount of homework involved in the, coming up with, like, 400-plus prop bets has to yeah. be just unbelievable man hours. It's so good. It's so good. And uh, I mean, I love how they really are like almost um, pairing certain cross sport people purposely, like Isaiah Thomas and the Patriots, like a great game, by the way. Uh, you know, Fitz, I'm a, I also do some college basketball work here for Sports Illustrated. This is going to be a fun game on Sunday Clemson and Florida State. Huge game yes. for Clemson. And we've got a lot of Clemson versus Florida State product Devontae Freeman props on here. Oh, interesting. That is a Clemson nice points minus 19 and a half versus Devontae Freeman rushing yards. Um, and I like I like Clemson there. Yeah, I think I do too. I mean, that's going to be a high-scoring game. That's, oh yeah. Those are two teams that can those are two teams that can really really score. Oh god, FSU um, wants to like, go up uh, and down. Yeah. And uh yeah, I like Clemson there, but I love the I love the that these were done, you know, not the the people who were picked to go up against uh, people or teams from other sports, very clearly done deliberately. Love that. Yeah, that is cool. That is cool. It's like, uh, you know, there's some regional prop bets, to be sure. Right. Here's one we got to mention, uh, just because of how ridiculous he has been and the gaudy numbers he's putting up. Uh, Russell Westbrook, points, rebounds, assists, which is basically 50 every single game. Sure. Uh <laughs> is plus five and a half against the game total, the Patriots-Falcons total. Wow. Wow. Um, and who are, who are the – who's the Thunder playing on Sunday? Thunder host Thunder host the Blazers. The Blazers. Oh. Uh, man. Do not have a ton of backcourt defense on uh, on Portland with, yeah. uh, with Lillard and, and C.J. McCollum. Well, like you said, I mean, we, we can pretty much count on Westbrook for a total in the mid – 50s generally in that and that's uh, literally his average yeah so <laughs> you know that i guess that and does you're catching five and a half on it too you're catching five with five and a half with westbrook with westbrook yeah interesting interesting yeah um well i mean i guess it, it does depend on how you feel about this total in uh falcons patriots but it does seem like most people tend to think that's a pretty good total like it's going to be really tight up against that number um, this is the most interesting one i think that we've talked about i, I, I mean that is cause just cause, i mean they both seem so bankable to get to what they're supposed to get to right right yeah that feels like it's going to finish within three but those two numbers are going to finish within three of each other i mean it, that way. it it really so Russ Russ if you his averages are take him to 40 51.6 his points assist and rebounds averages 
51.6. And you get 5.5, so that brings you up to 57.1. And the over-under is 58.5. Hmm. Right? It's yeah. uh it's a good one. That is. That was that was a well done <laughs> one. Yeah. So Beller, do, do you um before we push this back towards uh you know our our thoughts on the the game on the side and the total. Um mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts on the individual quarterback props? Particularly like the the passing yardage I found kind of interesting. What was it uh Ryan was Are like, these their over/unders or their yeah, their heads the, up bets? The, Totals uh, that I was thinking the the straight total, and um, okay. what, what was the uh, number for Ryan? I want to say it was three twenty, maybe three twenty and a half or something like that. And uh, was Brady three hundred or three hundred and five? Uh, yeah, so uh, Ryan is uh, three twenty and a half. Okay. Brady is oh no, that's not it. Come on, where are you at, Tommy? I'm going to say it was 300.5. Get back to it. I was just, I was, I got myself all wrapped up in those, uh, crazy props. props. I give you a, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you are right. 300.5 yeah. for Brady. Does it, does it surprise you? 5 for Ryan. That there's a 20 yard gap. Does that surprise you? Um, a little bit. I mean, I, I mean, I think that, I, I mean, Ryan has been so excellent all season, and I, like we said very early on in this, that I think that they're really going to, that it is going to be sort of a Matt Ryan show for Atlanta, um, which is why I don't love either of the Coleman or Freeman over rushing attempt props. Um, 20 does feel a little big, but, eh, you know, the more I think about it, I, I think it's justified. I mean, and I feel better about, I feel personally, I feel better about Ryan going over his than Brady going over his. Just because uh, the potential for the Patriots to put the Falcons in a position where they have to be one-dimensional, I agree. yes, yeah, um, you know, and and I think also for the the Falcons to win, they're probably going to need the huge game from Matt Ryan. It's probably going to be have Agreed. to be over three hundred yards passing. You know, there is a path to three twenty-one or more for Ryan, win or lose blowout or close, I mean, all, no matter what, no matter the script, there is a path to 321 for Ryan. I don't think that's true for Brady to get to 301. Right, right. You know, if the Patriots, you know, get up early and uh, can just grind away with Blount, um, you know, against a, a good but not great by any means. Actually, I don't know, good might even be a stretch for the Falcons' run defense, maybe an average at best. Yeah, they give up. Right. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I can see. I think the under is almost more plausible on Brady than it is for Matt Ryan on that total, oddly enough, with a 20 yard gap between the the two quarterbacks. But I think think they set those totals pretty pretty wisely. Yeah. So, uh, but Vegas is. Vegas has seen we're going to. Saying we're going to see in the vicinity of 620 passing yards this game, so yeah. uh, you know that that sounds about spot on. It does. It feels it feels right on, and that's going back to one of the first things I said. That's why I, uh, it's another reason why I'm a very big. My favorite, just straight one of these, is probably Julio over. I, I think he I think he gets 100 yards in this game. Yeah, 
actually thinking of it in, in those terms and what the Matt Ryan total is, um, yeah, then I guess before how I was saying I'm not sure about those Julio totals, that, that does make it seem, uh, it makes the over seem a bit more reasonable for him. How about Matt Ryan over under six and a half rushing yards? <laughs> oh man, uh, <laughs> I would I would think the Patriots are going to keep him hemmed in the pocket a little <laughs> bit better than the Packers did with yeah. uh, you know Clay Matthews rushing twenty yards upfield past uh, the pocket. I don't think we're going to see the Patriots commit him quite in that undisciplined a way. So um, yeah, I'm I'm not betting. I don't think I'm ever. In my life, going to bet the over on Matt Ryan rushing. <laughs> Brady's only two and a half yards rushing. But did you see on uh, on Brady's longest run, the uh, the number was one and a half, and I think you actually got like plus one thirty if you bet the over. So they're saying that it's yeah. likely to be longer than one and a half. No, no, the the it's three and a half. His longest rush prop is three and a half yards, and his total rush prop is two and a half yards. Wow, that's really bizarre. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> see that too often. <laughs> no, I the mean... The longest rush prop higher than the total rush. Yeah, so three and a half. And I mean, even with Tom Brady somehow doing a lot of those, uh, you know, the guy who knows how to get two or even three yards on a quarterback sneak at times. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you get plus 130 if he goes, if he can muster a four-yard run. Interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking I'm still uh, taking the under on longest <laughs> run for Brady. But uh, I don't know the 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 Bears fan in me will always be able to conjure up the image of him juking Brian Urlacher in the snow. <laughs> That's right. Making Urlacher look like a fool. I remember that play. That was interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this before we move on to the game. Uh, so you're sitting around with you know, like I said friends, family, whoever, a big group watching the Super Bowl. I mean, are is there do you have a I mean, are there people grinding props like right from the national anthem on? Generally with the group I'm with, no. No, I the people I'm with it tends to be more like a squares pool. Just the yeah, uh, sure. you know, how Which it is ends. fun too. It is fun, but uh, you know, no, I'm I'm usually not sitting around with like the degenerates who I play fantasy football with. Who would be the kind of people who would be grinding props? You know, it's generally more like uh, family friends or you know my dad and his buddies who uh, you know they may, and they might put they might be betting like hundred dollar squares pools like at yeah. uh, you know in in those guys do have some skin in the game but it's not on these right. crazy props generally. Right, what about right. you? Do uh, you do you watch with people who uh, are playing props? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it'll be. Uh, It'll be uh, propolicious over at uh, my buddy and his girlfriend's house who are hosting us this year. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad. I have, I have one of my, I have one very good friend who's my favorite, my favorite prop bed story, and I'll be quick with it. Uh, unfortunately for us, he uh, now lives in Singapore, so he will not be watching the game with us. But a few years ago, before he moved to Singapore, uh, when Beyonce did the halftime show, uh, there was a prop that year uh, that was uh, Will Jay Z show up at the halftime show? And his whole justification for betting it was, uh, why would they offer it if he wasn't going to show up? 
And I said to him, well, that's probably why they offer it is because they're, they're idiots like you who, who have that justification. And of course he didn't show up like, had like 30 <laughs> seconds into the, it was, he had to show up on stage and like 30 seconds into the performance, they showed him up in a booth somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He had to be unhappy seeing that camera. Shot. Yeah. So it was always fun watching the game with, uh, with my friend Carl, but unfortunately he's, uh, he's an ocean away for this year's Super Bowl. Oh. That's a shame, man. That's, that sounds like a guy I would want to watch football with. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun guy to watch pretty much any sporting event with. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Fitz, so let's talk about the actual game here. Uh, Patriots minus three, 58 and a half over under. What do you got? All right, so, um, you know, it's interesting that this number came out and uh, has not really moved. I, I thought mm-hmm. there might be some... Uh, you know, some Patriots heat, and maybe we'll see, like, a little bit of a late move in that line, but it's pretty much stayed right at three the whole time, and, um, you know, I'm kind of inclined to play New England. I mean, I certainly have respect for this Falcons team, and this uh, offense of theirs is just fantastic, Um, but I, I maybe think that they are slightly... They might be getting a little too much love based on the win against the Packers, which maybe is being thought of as, uh, you know, a bigger, more convincing win than it really was because that Packers defense was just kind of garbage. And this is coming from a Packers fan. Um, (laughs) So, you know, the Patriots, this is such a cliche, but, um, you know, that so many of the guys on the roster have been through the Super Bowl experience before, the uh, idle week between games the schedules of, you know, when you're going to do um, stupid publicity when and, you know, walk and see the city tours when you're going to have your meetings, when you're going to turn it in, on and, you know, flip the switch into game mode. Um, you know, you just play at a weird time of day, and I think to, to have been through all that before at least once is um, kind of a good thing. And just generally, I think... The Patriots' defense is, um, you know, just the fact that they were much better against the run. They gave up, you know, 3.9 yards of carry versus the 4.5 for the Falcons. I think they have a much stouter run defense. Um, you know, I know the Patriots faced a litany of just awful quarterbacks all season long, but uh, still their opponent passer rating is uh, 84.4 versus 92.5 for the Falcons. Granted, you know, maybe that's a wash given the level of competition they played this season. But I just have a little more respect for the New England defense and think they are going to be more capable of making um, Atlanta one-dimensional than vice versa. I don't think uh, the Atlanta defense is going to be able to make New England <laughs> one-dimensional. So, um, and I think I like the side with the Patriots giving up three more than I like the total. You know, I just... Generally, Beller, I do not like to play extremely high totals under, you know. And, um, you know, I, I'm also sometimes a little wary of playing extremely high totals over, or, excuse me, sorry. I don't like to play high totals over, but I'm also sort of wary of playing them under. So I'm probably going to stay away from the total here. Uh, gun to my head, I'd probably take the under, but I, I don't have a good feel for that one. You know, I do think we're going to see over 50 points. I just don't know if we're going to see over 60 points. How about you? Um, so I 
when this matchup was first set a couple of weeks ago, I was all about uh, the Patriots. I really thought that pretty much everything you said, and I think a lot of that uh, really still holds here. But I've really come around to the Falcons uh, over the last four or five days or so, uh, just everything that they've been able to do offensively. I mean, this is a team that you know, more often than not was throwing up 30, 33, 35 points. Um, you know, they put up 23 against the Broncos. They put up 24 against the Seahawks, 28 against the Chiefs. I mean, pretty much no matter who they played. And then anytime they played a Saints, you know, 38 points, Buccaneers, 43 points, Panthers, 33 points, 49ers, 41 points. I mean, they just racked up points and yards all season long, really from week one on. And I just don't think that the Patriots are going to slow them down enough. Uh, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be an exciting game. I really do think it's going to live up to the billing for what uh, those of us who are completely impartial and just want to see a good Super Bowl uh, are hoping for. And I think it's going to be something along the lines of 34-31 Falcons. I just think we're really in store for, uh, for a great, exciting game that ends with the Falcons uh, getting the, the Lombardi Trophy and... Matt Ryan pulling off the MVP, Super Bowl MVP exacta for the 2016 season. Yeah, that would, I mean, that would be fantastic. That's the kind of game. And I think there is a good chance we do get that kind of a game where it's just these two offenses trading haymakers all day. And, I mean, uh, yeah, the one the one stat that is just so impressive is the 6.7 yards per play, I believe it is, for the Falcons during the mm-hmm. regular season. I mean, and, yeah. and that's, what, fourth highest uh, since they've been keeping that number? Um, yeah, you might be right. I mean, the the Patriots' defense is a really solid unit, you know, with the, the depth and the talent they have at cornerback and, uh, you know, how tough they are against the inside run. But, man, this Falcons' offensive line is good, really good. Really good. I mean, yeah. just if, remember how bad... Falcons offensive line was like three years ago. But, I do. Yeah, you know, the uh, upgrades they've made, you know, with Matthews and Mack and uh, who's the guard from Tennessee who went to, he was good in Buffalo, went to Tennessee, was disappointing. I'm drawing a blank yeah. right now. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a very, very proficient unit and uh, they've let Ryan have all the time he's needed and uh, open big holes for Freeman and Coleman. And, uh, yeah, these these teams could go up and down the field on Sunday. You know, that was... Uh, I, I think the only thing that could really turn the tables would be if there was some sort of you know, defensive score. You know, like a right. big momentum swing like that. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the few things that could shake shake it up and give us a more lopsided game than we're believing we're going to see. So Matt Ryan um, had 9.26 yards per attempt this season, wow. uh, which obviously is a huge number. <laughs> um, he threw for fewer than eight yards per attempt twice, uh, once against Arizona, once against Seattle, so no shame in, uh, in throwing for fewer than eight yards per attempt uh, against those two teams. And just for the record, it was 7.91 against Arizona and 7.98 against Seattle. Still respect. So, I mean, there really hasn't been, yeah, I mean, there hasn't been a game this year where he has been you know, appreciably slowed down. There's been games that have been worse than others, of course, and there have been teams who have, you know, held their own against him enough, but I, I just don't, 
I just don't think that you know as great as Belichick, Patricia, the Patriots coaching staff is, and as I mean the the track record speaks for itself. And time and time again, they have slowed down offenses like this. I just don't think that. I mean, I I think if there were an antidote to what this offense is able to do, we would have seen it. And I just think that the uh, Falcons offense is going to be one play better than the Patriots offense. And that's what's going to be the difference. Yeah. If there was an antidote, it would probably be weather related, you know, like if they were going to New England or playing at the New York Giants, you know, someone with a good defense and the elements. Um, But, you know, in Houston, you're not going to get that. (laughs) So, Not going to get that at all. Yeah, we could well be in for a track meet here, Beller. And, uh, I hope we are. It'll be fun, like I said, unless you're uh, unless you're a Falcons fan or a Patriots fan and you, all you care about is your team winning regardless, the rest of us would really like to see just something that is like a 34-31 or a 38-34 game and just something that really is exciting after you know what we've had. Two of the last three Super Bowls have been duds, right? Last year was incredibly boring. And then the uh, the Patriots or the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl from a few years ago. Yeah. So it'd be nice to uh, to get another uh, really good game here. Yeah. And I don't mind defensive football. I mean, remember that Sunday night regular season game that uh, was it the Cardinals and Seahawks finished in a tie yeah. and just neither yep. offense could move the ball at all. Um, you know, and yes, part of that was bad offenses and bad offensive lines that couldn't protect their quarterbacks, but. Like, I don't mind a game like that now and again, you know, a, a game where the mm-hmm. defenses are just exerting their wills or whatever. But, you know, for the uh, grand finale to the season, you know, yes. nice to have two really good offenses and a game where, you know, you're probably going to see a lot of yards and a lot of points. Yeah, definitely. I think that's what uh, that's what we all want. So hopefully this uh, this matchup can live up to the billing. Hopefully... We have lived up to the billing as well. This is our final podcast of the 2016-17 season. We will be back in a few months' time uh, when we really start thinking about the 2017 uh, fantasy football season. I uh, just want to thank all of you out there for uh, for tuning in with us all season long. Like I said, going all the way back to, to August, all the way through here uh, to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, We really appreciate it. We could not and would not do it without... Uh, the willing ears on the other side of this. So thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hope it led you to some fantasy football success this season and definitely hope that uh, it gave you some entertainment every week as well. Fitz, our first time doing this together, I had a blast, man. And not just because you're a Badger. I mean, the Badger <laughs> part helps it, but I-, I think even if you went to, you know, like U of I or Michigan State, we still would have found a way to have fun. Oh, I'm glad you're willing to go that far, Beller. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a blast, man. And uh, I, too, appreciate everyone who tuned in. I know there are a lot of fantasy football podcasts out there. And, uh, you know, thank you for listening to ours. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure these next few months will pass quickly without football, or at least I hope. I don't know, maybe they'll go more slowly <laughs> since we don't have football. But, uh you know, we will be back before long to, uh, you know, talk about everything that happened in free agency and, uh, uh-huh. you know, draft. whether we do it before or after the draft, I'm sure we will work in some draft talk. So uh, until we meet again, Beller. Exactly. I already have my Jordan Howard number one overall running back take prepared, so get ready for it. <laughs> you <laughs> foreshadowed that one for weeks now. So, uh <laughs> 
Not that he's going to be it, but, you know, that if this happens, if that happens, it's not the craziest thing in the world. Just might, that. That's all I'm saying. There might be an argument. There might be. <laughs> uh, all right, Fitz. Uh, great times, man. You're the man. Everyone out there, thanks again for watching. Alex Abnos producing all season long. Thank you as well. Uh, the, uh, the unseen voice and hand, unheard voice, unseen hand, uh, doing all the fine uh, tunage on this that makes us sound so much better and smarter than we actually are. Thanks to Alex as well. And again, thanks to all of you for joining us all season right here on the SI.com Fantasy Football Podcast. Mm-hmm.